into the Irish NFL show in partnership with USA Sports. Check out their website, 25% off for all NFL attire. It's the EU website, which links people to the Republic of Ireland. Um, again, thanks for all their support. Colm, very welcome to the show. How's it going, Brian? We are obviously uh, in, in the the kind of the last wave, I suppose, of uh, free agency. This is the week. You get some surprise moves, and we'll probably get into that. People maybe returning to uh, old teams and teams really looking to to sharpen things before heading into April, and you know, figuring out what exactly they intend to to do in the draft. Will it be to address positional needs? Will it be best player available? So, trying to look that to put the the finishing touches to the, the the roster for right now, and then obviously it. it all the changes again after the draft and it's uh it's an interesting time in the league certainly yeah the class have gone forward this side of the world so now we really are into draft season as they call it we've had the the real marquee pro days during the week as always we put out a number of different podcasts covering various different topics throughout the course of the week and we have our weekly live show myself Colin and Frankie Abbott but this is obviously he is our kind of weekend review type episode which goes out um early Monday mornings uh, we'll kick off, Colm, and uh, not necessarily a free agency signing, but potentially a free agency signing at some stage. And again, this is the saga that is Lamar Jackson. So over the course of the past week, uh, Mike Florio put out a kind of a, a report on his show with, with Chris Sims around the fact that it seems like Lamar potentially has, has, has recognised that he should have had an agent and he had kind of come to some kind of arrangement with some unauthorised agent that's been, it's been proclaimed. That he has, and essentially he's gone and spoke to teams, you know, off the record. See, are they interested in pursuing a, a contract with him? And then obviously putting him in a position where he needs to go back to the Ravens. Could have read a report. Some teams are kind of not buying into it because all they feel is that he's looking to get the contract so he can, you know, inevitably get the the uh, the Ravens to pony up and match the contract. But uh, the league has since come out with some kind of mem- a memo to each teams, kind of acknowledging this guy is not deemed to be part of the kind of chain of. Agents that's linked to the league and they shouldn't be dealing with him. Um, it just again throws out where is this at because it's just we're two weeks into free agency essentially as was officially and yet he hasn't had an offer from anybody. There's a there's a kind of a narrative now that teams aren't going to do it because they have to keep up the, the two number one picks, but they might do it after the draft when it's next year's number one and the following year as opposed to giving away this year's one. It just seems to be rumbling on and on and just doesn't seem to be any conclusion to it. Um, again, I, I'm fascinated by the teams being unwilling to give it up in, in this year's draft. But now, look, you never know. But by consensus, this is one of the weaker draft classes that we have seen, uh, certainly over the, the past number of years. It's known that next year's class, at least on paper, until people get into the NFL, is much stronger. So why exactly, um, you know, you wouldn't want to give up this year's it may that's a little bit of a mystery yeah the 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 business partner as such i suppose it's something that has come up and again it's interesting to me that you know it's it's blown up particularly in relation to lamar and everything from the league perspective always seems to point it's lamar it, it gets treated a little bit differently larry tunsell signed a new deal with the texans to become the highest paid left tackle in the league it was done um on kind of the QT with his business partner, Sate Omni, and 
you know, this he he this came out on the Pat McAfee show and everyone, wow, this is kind of incredible and wow. Um and then Lamar does it and the league like memo, uh, don't do that, slap your hand, we'll do this. It's just there there seems to be all of this happenings around the Lamar Jackson contract saga and the un just the unwillingness of teams to give up, you know, two first round picks for a uh, former league MVP who is younger, lest we forget, than some of the QBs who are entering the draft this year. So I just find that, you know, I don't understand this. Um, maybe in a decade's time, probably realistically two decades' time, we'll we'll hear the, the full story of the shenanigans that went on during the twenty twenty three off season. Um and we we'll finally re you know, get the behind the scenes view. Um or, or there'll be one of those pieces on maybe ESPN about like the, with the different talking heads and saying, you know, this is this was the the role I played, but for my money, Lamar Jackson is a fantastic QB, um, and we don't have 32 franchise guys in the league, so I don't think what other what people have given up considering the other QBs who've moved over the past year or so, I'd be willing to do it for Lamar. That remains my position on it. The body of the work in terms of what we've watched over the past three or four years is just, it's surreal at times, and even like when we were doing our shows, Early on last season, I think it was the game in which they played the Patriots in particular. He was in Foxborough. He was unbelievable. And it was only, it seemed to be a given this contract would come. Then I read an also another report to say, well, he hasn't won many playoff games. I think he's won one, but in fairness, that's not all on him. And then the other factor which teams don't like is the is the Asian thing. Now, whether he has gone off and decided to pursue with this Asian and bring him into into the equation. But people, teams have been taken back by the fact that he wasn't willing to go and get an Asian the only one to deal with an Asian. It's bizarre, like even having D. Orlando and better from the Atlantic Constitution a few weeks ago, we spoke about how he would be an absolute perfect type of quarterback in the scheme which, which the Falcons want to run and yet since then they've signed Taylor Rennie. Just doesn't make any sense and doesn't seem to be, be going away and like when it became free agency period we all felt it would quickly get resolved itself. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere anywhere soon. Um, you touched on earlier on kind of these, the second wave of um. So as free agency signings is, is starting to kind of come through now. Um, I'm just, um, one interesting one, and it took place on Saturday night going into Sunday morning, is the return of Bobby Wagner to Seattle. Because when we did our show last offseason and we were talking about that contract uh, with the Rams, you, you rightly said, look, these contracts are it really aren't really, what's put out kind of in the general consensus and public isn't necessarily what's there, and he quickly moved on from him. And it looked like he was a cap casualty last year as opposed to a player that they wanted to get rid of. He's gone back. They've signed Julian Love. They've signed Devin Bush, linebacker from Steelers defensively. And obviously the players that were really did well last year in terms of their, their rookie class on defense. It's strange to think that this time last year, everybody felt that Seattle was in a complete rebuild. And you hear the art, not even 12 months removed. And we're going to a draft where they've got two number one picks. Geno Smith essentially is their quarterback going forward. Like the, and you look at the division. With the exception of the 49ers, like the Rams are in a very difficult situation and we don't know what's going to come with the Cardinals. Like, you'd never would have believed that Seattle would be the team challenging uh, the 49ers again going into this season. Yeah, uh, so certainly that that is the, the case. And um, 
Bobby going going back there. It, you know, at, it, the, the leadership and, and experience he brings. I mean, he's not prime Bobby Wagner anymore, although he had sort of a, a very good year last year. But when you consider what he he was, but what he will bring is you know a, a winning mentality, a wealth of experience. Um, and somebody that Pete Carroll and the, the team there know very, very well. I do, I do urge people, though, you know, even that the, we're a couple of weeks on now from that first wave and all of the money that gets talked about, the devil is in the detail. Keep an eye as it, that begins to kind of really emerge over the next few weeks and what teams can do in, in terms of, of moving on. We've seen, I suppose, some... The way in which teams even move pieces around. Look at what the the Eagles did with their quarterbacks in terms of releasing um, Slay. Then he comes back. So teams are always trying to find ways to to give themselves some cap room and wiggle room. And yeah, it seems I'm for the Rams. Like where are the Rams going to be come the end of this? Or kind of the end of the. The draft of a huge number of draft picks is a, is a twelve currently, and um, you know it's got to, it's going to be a very we're talk about the Seahawks in a complete rebuild. That the Rams obviously in, in a very interesting sort of position. Aaron Donald had hinted last year that you know he was thinking about retiring. There was nothing this off season. Um, I think Jordan Rodriguez with the Athletic had a, a piece earlier this off season, maybe kind of. January, February, and around the Super Bowl, from what I remember, kind of talking about Sean McVay and about how he, I suppose, wants to try and rebuild the the Rams to show you know that he can do it again before kind of riding off into the, the sunset on his coaching career and moving into the TV world. Um, but she says in that piece that he is regenerate, uh, re-energized. That will be kind of fascinating to see. But yeah, that kind of NFC. West division is certainly never dull. And that's a piece where, you know, you do see teams, it feels. Now, again, I, I don't have the data. This be interesting to, to dig into it. But it feels like in that division, teams move between um teams in that division more so than almost any other conference. I know it happens in every division to an extent because coaches like to you know, they, they remember when players have standout games against them. And obviously you play your divisional rivals twice a year, but it feels certainly um, from the outside that that happens at the NFC almost more than any other division. When I spoke to uh, Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News a couple of weeks ago, and I, I said to him, is there anything that we should keep in around and float under the radar that people aren't really picking up on? And he said that with the Rams... Don't be surprised if Matthew Stafford is traded before the start of the season. And he said, I, I have it from very good authority that the Jets' backup plan, if if the Rodgers deal wasn't to, wasn't to prevail, which at this stage still hasn't been done, but I suppose it's inevitable at some stage, maybe potentially after the draft, that Matthew Stafford was the backup option. He also called out the commanders as some, a team that were very keen to have Matthew Stafford as well if they, if they could figure out a deal. So, it, like, right now we don't know if even Matthew Stafford is going to be the, the quarterback next season as opposed to Langer. The offseason rumbles on, but he probably will be back. But um, the Rams are in a very strange position. I'm trying to think back to the last time a team won a Super Bowl and within 12 to 14 months. You could probably t- maybe call it the Eagles, potentially, as that team when they beat the Patriots. But to see what's happening to the Rams. But then again, they've won the Super Bowl. They've 
they've got to the, the top of where they want to be and obviously what comes with it after is when you go down the road they went is that quickly enough team the team will will dissolve and go different ways um, you're talking about, we're talking about second wave uh, players in terms of free agency pickups what's the call out too and it's the wide receiver position and it's your Broncos um, Marcus Callaway for me is a, is a really good signing and I was I was thinking to myself when at some stages Sean Payton going to go back to the Saints because you know he's he's constructed his coach and staff and they've gone aggressive in, in free agency probably a lot more aggressive than even what you thought when we did our kind of preview of free agency and Marcus Callaway who's had some really good bright spots with the Saints for me is a really strong sign is he a marquee signing no but can he fit into a system that Sean Payton wants to play yeah and it kind of again brings me back to to Judy and whether Judy will be traded because the general consensus is the Broncos are looking to move on and he kind of strikes me as a similar type of player and last week there was suggestions that the Browns were, were in for for Judy that has some materialistic do you see a scenario where it's only like we're waiting for it to happen as opposed to if it happens with Judy and then the only one who's going to throw into the mix not necessarily related to this story is uh, Aguilar signing for the Ravens and I looked at that today as a speedster and maybe someone that the Ravens and the Mark would use in particular so it's just we're seeing these low-end signs starting to take place as teams try to kind of put their entirety of their team together. Yeah, well, in terms of the Broncos, it's very obvious that they are looking to move on either Judy or Cortland Sutton. And it appeared early on that Cortland Sutton was the one um, that they kind of wanted to to move on, but there didn't seem to be much of a, a market. And he put out a, a kind of a, a tweet making his feelings on that known, saying, I just want to be somewhere where I, I, I feel wanted. Um, Judy responded to the rumours last week by putting up a, a video of him working out. The Judy situation is an interesting one because I don't know if I have seen a player as hyped when they first arrived. That summer when Jerry Judy, um, you know, was drafted by the Broncos and he was putting up the, the workout videos and people were losing their mind on Twitter and across social media about the footwork and the route running and all that stuff. But he had a really poor couple, first couple of years. Now, some some of that you can put down to, to QB play. He was better last year for, for sure. I wonder, you know, and in terms of bringing in Callaway, obviously that, you know, that that's another side that they're looking to do something. I wonder, Brian, if some of it might be um, that it'll take place on draft night. A little similar to what we saw last year um, in terms of, you know, when the, the Eagles got A.J. Brown. Um, when the, the Ravens um, and the Cardinals did, did their trade. So that might be something to, to keep an eye on. J- Jerry Judy is obviously very talented. Um, but, you know, and you're, people will sometimes bet on potential. And the fact that he is somewhat cost-controlled, obviously, for, for this year and next year, um, is there a team that, that is willing to, to take the, the risk? Otherwise, the Broncos have... Uh, a very uh, kind of stacked wide receiver core in some ways, but they, they're still missing that speedster because KJ Hamler has had, and he had another unfortunate injury. And you would just have to say that um, for a very talented player, he, he every single season he's had a major injury. It's difficult to see that. So the Broncos have, would then have just, you know, three certainly wide receivers um, in Tim Patrick, Corden Sutton and Jerry Judy who are very good um, but nobody to, to take the top off. So that, that I think keep an eye on that one in terms of um, what, um, what, what is going on and I think, you know, we're in this kind of interesting 
maybe again copycat league but go back to i suppose a little bit on you know people will look at what aj brown did for the eagles um, and in terms of how that was such a game changer having him and Devonte smith um so I, I think teams might if especially if you feel that you have a window um to to win that that's possibly what what you're looking at but the broncos know that you know they have a serious number of holes to, to fill and that's probably why they're looking at it as a broncos fan personally i i would love to see us get a first in next year's draft because we still have to see how this year kind of plays out with uh with russell wilson and the broncos could be shopping for uh, a qb uh in next year's draft potentially next year's draft is going to be really intriguing but the, the last weekend look this is the same every year maybe you didn't really really see it last year in terms of the, the full travel because the quarterbacks coming out last year there was no one recognized as really a marquee quarterback but in the past week and we touched on it briefly at the start of the show cj Stroud pro day bryce young pro day will levis pro day and they're all going off their minds because they're so good at their pro days and you've got essentially the, the Carolina guys walking away saying to CJ Stroud well, when you're living in Charlotte we'll be playing hoops together he was the quarterback coach um, former Jack quarterback can't recall his name off the top of my head but uh, like this just again like Will Levis last about three or four weeks ago we touched on this even when we did our live show in, in Captain America where he was way down the board and all of a sudden they're now saying suggesting he could be even gone as far as four to the Colson and Anthony Richmond, Anthony Richmond could be the fall guy that goes back down. But right now, you're, you're looking at scenario potentially four quarterbacks going in the top five. And I'll give you an interesting one. I know I think I joked with you during the week. Anybody who takes time out to listen to uh, the ESPN podcast with Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay was even bold enough to say that Bryce Young is the nearest quarterback he's seen to Patrick Mahomes. And if he was to deliver on the uh, the production, has what he has of it, you know, depending on what team he goes to, he could be in the Mahomes uh, stanosphere. I was taken back by it. Would you would you agree on that on that? I I I'd agree that I'm absolutely taken aback by it, certainly, because um there you know, that's um I, I think that's a, a significant amount of pressure to, to put on it. Um and, and remember in relation to, to Mahomes, you're talking about a number of different factors. Mahomes didn't go, you know, one, two, or three. Um, the Chiefs went up to to get Mahomes. They had recognized the the talent and they felt they could nurture it. Mahomes is a gifted um individual. He also has one of the greatest offensive minds that we've seen in the game. So it was like that the perfect kind of marriage there. If Bryce Young goes, you know, number number one overall, you are talking uh, about significant um, pressure on, um, you know, on him um, to to do that, and does he play straight away? You're also talking um, in relation to uh, Mahomes is in around kind of the, I think six two six two I think six two and three quarters or something like that. He's just shy of six three, uh, and Bryce Young is just about uh, five five ten. So it's you know, significant difference in in height there. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of pressure. Um, I, I really I really think it, it it is, and especially if you if you go um, you know that that early, generally you are going to to a team who you know is not where like the, again the Chiefs have never had a losing season under Andy Reid. 
And even with Alex Smith there, they've had winning seasons. They were playing really good football. And Mahomes took them to, to the new level, to the next level. If Bryce Young goes to the, the Texans, if he goes to the Panthers, like, you know, obviously Frank Reich is there. But Frank Reich is not Andy Reid. Um, he's obviously a, he's proven he's a, 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 a good a very good coach, but he needs to go to the next level. Um, and, and Carolina are still very much a, a work in in progress. They haven't been had winning seasons or going to the the playoffs all the time over the last number of years. If he goes to the Texans again, I'm a big fan of Demeco Ryan's, but he's unproven, and, and the Texans have obviously had a, a horrendous few years. So I think comparing to anyone to Patrick Mahomes is a little bit silly and you kind of see this um, it, it comes across all sports right you think about the number of guys that um, have over the last number of years been labelled as the the next Messi um, you know or think about the, the guys who um, get labelled at times as the next Peyton Manning or the quarterbacks who go in the later rounds who then start a few um, games and are all of a sudden the, the next Tom Brady or a team takes somebody in, in the sixth round and the team media get very excited to talk about, you know, could this be the next Tom Brady? I think let let Bryce Young be Bryce Young and we've got to see um, what he can do. He has incredible talent, but if he can come in, like he's going to have to overcome hurdles that, you know, other QBs haven't been able to. He can do it, certainly has the talent, but it is going to be it have to be a different type of QB play that we, we see from him, given the, the size there. Bryce Young brought out for dinner by nearly every team in the top 10, I suppose, who need a quarterback, even the Raiders, as low down as picking seven, very had entertained them for an evening. And you get Raiders fans asked the question, are we going to consider moving up? But I'm not sure whether that's really realistic at this stage. Um, there's a few interesting ones, so I know we're talking about third waves, potentially. We're just going to wrap up with this final one here. Um, so two players that kind of intrigued me. So DJ Shark signed for the Panthers, wide receiver, and it was kind of muted. He would, you know, even we, we uh, spoke to Dean Jones, Ruiz Scott, he was on twice, in fact, um, and he, he suggested he could be a player. They'd be really keen to get in, and they offered him a two-year deal, and he said he declined, and he wanted a one-year deal because he was putting himself in, in a private year, and the Panthers... I've looked at, at the upside that is if he pays really well for them, they'll get the opportunity to recontract him, um, or he goes off and he gets paid somewhere else. So that was an interesting and a good signing, bearing in mind, on the back of Tealing. Um, because the Panthers, as we touched on during the show, was they've got the number one pick. They seem to be quite aggressive in free agency that they feel this division is there for the taking. And then I'm going to close up with this player because the contract that the Cowboys gave him obviously led to this situation and obviously the production in the field is going to drop off, especially with Tony Bonner taking over from Zeke. By, by an urgent here's of the the hands off and the snaps and yet here we are with three teams being being muted the Bengals the Jets the one that probably didn't surprise me even though it's in the same division is the Eagles because it just feels like a very Eagles thing to do to go and take a player and one of the kind of the really established players over the years from, from a division arriving in the Cowboys but since then the Bengals have, have ruled themselves out of the picture so now we're down to the Jets and the Jets just seem to want to find players with experience and basically bring everybody in and give Aaron Rodgers every potential opportunity to win the division or go strong and go to the playoffs and they're bringing in as many players as possible. That just really doesn't make sense for me. Bearing in mind, you've got Priest Hall, who looks like a stand-there player and far as he got injured. But it would seem to 
the Eagles for me kind of makes the most sense in a strange way because they have let Miles Sanders walk and they do like kind of a running back by committee. Were you surprised to see the Eagles in the sweepstakes? Um, well, just firstly, I suppose in terms of the Jets, it was interesting to see that their two running backs immediately kind of responded saying, "Nah, we're 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 pretty happy. Um, we don't need to bring somebody in." That that was quite interesting. Um, that both of them immediately took to to Twitter to to highlight that. I I suppose in terms of the Eagles, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of di- divisional rivalries and you get to, to see them and you tend to remember coaches remember you know really big games against that and and that can certainly uh impact and, and influence them so i think that that's probably um a factor there it will be interesting to see with zeke what kind of contract he gets and the way in which zeke is utilized like zeke had such an amazing rookie year but it has been the law of diminishing returns ever since then. And I don't think he was helped at all by, again, the expectations that Jerry Jones put on it. So with the enormous contract and Jerry Jones came out, like remember before last season started, everybody knew that Zeke was not the the force of old, right? And a lot of people felt Tony Pollard, even going into last year, should be RB1 and utilize Zeke in different situations. And no, Jerry Jones comes out and Jerry Jones says, no, the Cowboys go as Zeke goes. I don't think that happened to him. I think if Zeke can accept a role as, you know, a, a member of running back by committee, can can he be effective in a limited capacity? Yeah, he can be for, for the right price. But we have seen time and again... On, you know, bring up especially over the this free agency, teams aren't willing to pay running backs. It's just not the the done thing. Um, especially if they're not super super dynamic, a la Christian McCaffrey, where they're pass catching and they can offer loads and loads. Zeke doesn't offer you that um kind of dual threat. So I'm I'm not massively surprised to see the Eagles because they would have played against them so frequently. They know what he certainly was capable of. I don't think he is capable of that anymore. But I think the contract that Zeke um, eventually signs for uh, will be interesting to see. And again, I'm not going to rule out Zeke. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Zeke back in uh, with, a, with a star on his helmet uh, come kind of July, August on, um, you know, like some sort of... Um, shorter term deal with uh, Jerry Jones once again banging the drum saying Zeke is going to prove everybody wrong just you watch yeah well they have already done it this off season probably quicker than people probably would expect it late and ran the risk uh, when their marquee linebacker was over the course of the last few years he um, had some injuries with neck injuries and various different operations so that he was allowed to test America and he returned to the Cowboys so yeah you're right don't, that's not real that, that scenario real that scenario if there is any major breaking news during the week maybe the Mars deal gets resolved or Aaron Rodgers gets traded we, we will come back probably with a, another podcast we'll probably have our, our standard number of podcasts there during the week covering the league and various different components and topics and then obviously um, Thursday probably back with a live show myself Colm and Frankie Colm uh, I think that's the case a bit for now um, unless you have anything else but I think we've covered enough that's going around the league this week 
Yeah, um, who, who knows? The, the, the league usually shows up uh, a, a surprise or two, Brian. So let's uh, let's see uh, what happens over the, the next few days. For now, Colin, again, as always, appreciate your time. Talk to you again during the week.